0: Granite
1: State Game Day with Sean Sendall.
2: I am the smartest man alive! And the coach. What's going on? I said, is the cat in the house? Cat
1: in the house? I said, yeah, there's a cat in the house. Mike Bellevue. Mike, why are you in such a bad mood? What do you care? Talking everything from New Hampshire high school athletics through the collegiate ranks and up to the professionals. Nothing is off the table with these two. No, 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 don't. Don't uh, turn off your radio, don't change the station, don't adjust any of your dials. Yes, this is Sean Sendall, I am back, we are back. I know it's been a bit of a hiatus with the holidays and with weddings and traveling and really everything on my end, well, holidays were on everybody's end, but with everything I had to do, yes, there was a bit of a hiatus. However, we're back. We're here to wake you up this morning. We are here uh, to get you going. Glad you're joining us. Once again, I'm Sean Sendall here on Granite State Game Day ESPN New Hampshire. We have an interesting show lined up for you today. And I say interesting for a multitude of reasons. However, um, There is also an announcement to go along with that, and I will hold off a bit uh, to make that formal announcement, but the show lined up today will have a number of guests. They will both be in studio and calling in on the telephone line, and they will be special guests, special guests, voices that you know, you love, and you've heard. Over the years. That's right, we are going to have a ton of people, and most of that will be in the second hour. However, the first hour will be traditional. Let's talk, let's hash it out. It's going to be difficult to try and go over everything that happened in the past, so we'll focus on what is in the very near future and maybe very recent past. Of course, Again, I'm Sean Sendall. I'm joined by the coach, Mike Bellevue. And coach, uh, you just ran in, man. You're late. I am late. <laughs> <laughs> I have, we
3: <laughs> haven't up li- been Up here. late watching college basketball.
1: All right. If that's your excuse, you know I will allow it. You <laughs> know how you I would. feel about that. Although you're, you're kind of clashing here today. I am. Uh, you have a UNC long-sleeve shirt on, which is very nice. And Christmas
3: gift from from Jessica. Yes. That
1: makes sense. The daughter there for grad school. However, the hat is a lovely hat, but it is a Texas Longhorns, uh, you know, winter hat. And now they're at least not in the same conference. However,
3: there, there is significance to the hat.
1: <laughs> well, please, yes, if you'd like to elaborate. Our
3: junior shortstop Bryce Regan. <coughs> in the fall, he decommitted from Virginia Tech, and he committed to the University of Texas. So I thought I'd honor him today he's out playing some unbelievable tournament in arizona or something this weekend and i've been talking with his father a little bit and another christmas gift um a texas longhorn snow hat i love it
1: i will say that well first of all i can't imagine people around the longhorns area needing that hat but you know i guess they you know it's all relative they get cold too i will say that You're better off wearing this combination than you would be if it were a UNC shirt and a Virginia Tech hat.
3: That's true for sure. That
1: would clash a little bit more.
3: I almost went with the Gronk jersey this morning, you know, to honor the big Patriots game tonight. But since he's not playing, I kept it in the drawer.
1: Oh, there's a Patriots game tonight. Oh, Oh, I, I had I had no idea.
3: I know because everybody thinks because everybody's talking about how ho hum you know it's going to be and how it's going to be a blowout and how it's the worst game of the weekend and the patriots already are in the AFC championship game and it's in the bag and all that talk is bothering me because you know Houston's defense was ranked number 1 in the NFL and and I don't really believe in Houston's offense at all they're pretty bad but anything can happen
1: and you know I will agree that anything can happen, and I will have share some lovely numbers with you that I have dug up to prove to you that the Texans' defense is not number one, at least from any other ranking that I would give it. It's, it's number one in total yards allowed, sure. Everything else, however, it's not. So, we will get into that, I promise you, all during the first hour. And I have surprises for you in the second hour, Coach. Okay. Um, the announcement now that you are sitting in your seat, as you and I both know, uh, this will be our last show. And due to that, I have a special guest coming in studio, Krista Turk. As you know, you know Krista Turk very well. Uh, he will be coming in studio. And uh, he wanted to do something fun as I was talking to him, texting him. We spoke on the phone. Actually, he called me and left a message. I never called him back. Sorry about that, Turk. But we decided that Turk is very creative with the sounds and the production aspect. And while I have decent ideas, he is good at executing and has better ideas, flat out. So I told him to pull together some things, and uh, we also scheduled a few... Uh, uh, possible guests in the second hour to call in, some voices that you've heard on this station and may have not heard in quite some time, uh, people that we've worked with, and it should be a good, fun second hour, Coach. I'm excited. So I wanted to surprise you with that. I know I didn't text and tell you that, uh, but I wanted to surprise you. The second hour will be a little more jumbled than usual, but it's going to be, look, it's the last show. I have to go out with a bang. Can't just talk sports the entire time. But we will wake you up with sports here uh, on ESPN New Hampshire. Thanks for joining us. I'm Sean Sendall alongside the coach, Mike Bellevue. It's 7 past, actually about 8 past your top of the hour, seven oh eight, And your New England Patriots do have a big game. In fact, there are four big games this weekend. After Coach, for years I've said, you, me, Chris Schuker, we've discussed, what's your favorite sports time of year? And you consistently will say wild card weekend, conference championship weekend, or uh, wild card weekend, then this this weekend. Wherever this we-
3: weekend here. I, what do they call it divisional, divisional round divisional or something? Divisional round. It's really, the ga- I love this weekend.
1: You've consistently said I love wild card it. weekend and this weekend because it's four games and you get to watch all of them. There's no overlap. It's very definitively uh, one game at 4 o'clock on Saturday, one game at 8 o'clock, and then one at 1 and one at 4 on Sunday for two consecutive weekends. I have always said, of course, that first uh, Thursday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday of, in fact, really the Thursday, Friday of uh, the NCAA March Madness. And Shuker has always consistently said opening day for baseball. I'm going to ask you this. Last weekend is probably if you you know to go consistently with what you said your second favorite sports weekend be, if you wanted to say definitively w- define one weekend because you always said wild card and divisional round did you actually enjoy the games last weekend honestly I, did you honestly enjoy the games last weekend
3: i try, i i um didn't think <clears throat> that i was going to watch all four games but because of either the weather or just being kind of boring New Hampshire. I stayed and watched all four games painfully, painfully. (laughs) The first three were god-awful. There's no other way to say it. Mm -hmm. Um, If I recall the order of how they were played, Oakland brought nothing to the table. I know they had a third-string quarterback, but he was clueless out there, and uh, Connor Cook, I believe. Connor Cook, yes. And um, Oakland brought nothing to the table. Um, against Houston, that game, and Houston's is their offense stinks too, and it, that game was just so blase. Miami, um, came to
1: Pittsburgh with, but that was the other game on Saturday was Detroit Seattle. Detroit Seattle. So that was uh, Miami Pittsburgh was sun the first game Sunday.
3: Okay, so Detroit Seattle, um, as expected, Seattle's defense. They're outstanding, and and Russell Wilson made just enough plays. Although I, I I can't think of the receiver's name, he had a couple of one-hand catches that were pretty spectacular. Um, and it's not Doug Baldwin, but anyway, um, but again, a blowout. Um, Seattle just kind of like they like they do. It was a Richardson. Richardson, I He's don't remember. Really, first yeah, a name. really good play. A couple of really good plays in that game. And but I want to get to Miami a little because uh, it was at Pittsburgh, but. Miami showed up to Pittsburgh with their mittens, with their uh, winter hats, even more significant than I'm wearing now with my Texas hat, their Miami winter hats in there. Um, And there just couldn't be enough um, warmers, electric warmers on the sideline for them. They just acted like we're freezing, we don't want to tackle, we don't want to be here. I really was so disappointed in that football team.
1: I'm going to cut you off and ask you... Okay, so they went in, they showed up like pansies and wore everything to stay warm. On the flip side, the New York Giants... I don't have a Giants, problem with that if they played harder. The New York Giants showed up and warmed up shirtless in Green Bay where there's where they, they were saying that there was a pond right near or, or a lake right near uh, the stadium that they tested how thick the ice was and it was almost a foot thick. That's how cold it was. It, uh, the pond or lake froze 11 inches thick of ice and their receivers go and warm up shirtless and in shorts. Did they play any better?
3: No, but I'll even back up the pro the the time they were mostly shirtless was a couple of days before when a few of the knuckleheads from the Giants, Odell Beckham Jr. included, went down to Miami and partied with Justin Bieber, instead of focusing on trying to beat a Green Bay team. That was the the first half of the Giants Packers was the only good football Well, in terms of competitiveness. I was going to say, yeah, I'll give you that. Only good football competitiveness played for the weekend because the Packers in the second half were outstanding. Aaron Rodgers throwing um, three out of his four touchdown passes in the second half. He looked brilliant. That was probably the most, that was the game that I was most intrigued by. Had the most hope for to be a competitive football game. And at the end of it, um, we had four football games that were (laughs) one-sided. Very disappointing for the NFL last weekend. And for me, someone that looks forward to that weekend. And, and, and so now I'm saying I'm putting all my eggs in the, this weekend's basket. And I, saying, I'm expecting Let's hope that games. there's going to be much better games.
1: I'm expecting better games this weekend. With that said, uh, Coach, remind me of who your final four were for the NFC and AFC when we picked back in August. Do you remember? Uh, I probably,
3: <laughs> in the NFC, I probably went Arizona- I probably went Arizona and um, Seattle, I'm, I'm thinking. In the AFC, I went New England and Pittsburgh.
1: I thought you went Carolina. I
3: thought you were going to throw Buffalo my way. No, that was, that was two years ago now. Right.
1: I I will tell you that I went Pittsburgh and New England as well.
3: Right. I remember we both had that.
1: But do you remember who I had in the uh, representing the NFC in the Super Bowl? Because the team I have there is still playing.
3: Um, I think you might have had...
1: It didn't look good early, but it looks very good over the past eight games.
3: Green Bay, I think. Mm -hmm. And they have looked unbelievable in the last eight games.
1: They have looked great. Now, I had Green Bay playing Arizona in the NFC Championship, which clearly won't happen, Uh, but I have three of my four teams still standing uh, that I expected to be uh in the their respective conference championships. So I'm sticking with, you know, when when we f- do our official picks, I'm sticking with my my three teams. That means I only have one game really uh, to pick this weekend if you do it sequentially. And I'm looking forward to the games this weekend. Last weekend was a bust and it's exactly what the NFL didn't need after a year where uh the i believe it was their third consecutive season of ratings slightly declining um they declined a little bit more this year from last year to this year than they had the past few years and that's for a number of reasons but once the election was over uh the decline was still there and uh, thus prompts some freak out by nfl uh ownership and by league office and now you see two teams in a city uh, where two teams left uh, only a mere 15 years ago because they're, uh, quite frankly, Los Angeles is an awful sports city. You have a lot of people from not from the area. They don't care about sports. It's who's at the game is more important than what is the game. So now you have two basketball teams that you can barely support, even though one is usually quite talented, and it's usually one or the other. You've got multiple baseball teams that, okay, the Dodgers probably have a decent backing, but even still, they don't sell out in the playoffs.
3: No, and people leave in the seventh inning. It's crazy.
1: And then now you have two football teams. Mind you, one of them left a mere 15 years ago and decided to come back, and uh, the other one that left is now putting in papers to leave their current home so they can move to Las Vegas. That's Oakland. Oakland is, yeah, yeah, the Raiders are looking to move to Las Vegas, and the Chargers decided to art-model it and surprise everyone and say, oh, by the way, we're moving to Los Angeles. So to me, a lot of the movement here is due to league pressure to make sure you're in bigger markets despite more fans being in those areas. Let me ask you something, Coach. How many people did you hear stories about people um you know from San Diego, San Diego fans being upset, angry, burning jerseys, saying they're going to miss their team? How, how many stories like that did you hear? Am I right in saying not many? I mean I heard a few. Like but not much. Okay. But like I mean I, I think this story has
3: flown under the radar.
1: Did you hear more not in San Diego? Did you hear how many people stories did you hear of LA people being excited that they got the Chargers? I heard not, zero. Not much. I didn't hear any. I didn't so, hear much at all. So while the story may be flying under the radar on the East Coast, I don't think it is out West. And I think there uh, the few stories that have trickled out East have been San Diego winds that are not pleased. And not a single L.A. person has... I haven't heard anyone I, saying, yay, we have another city. I team. know it. it. It's So why move to a city that doesn't want you? a city that you aren't going to have any fans. Oh, and by the way, you're going to play in a soccer stadium for the next couple of years. I just don't understand
3: why I moved to a city that just got <laughs> another team back. So now they have two teams. I just... Um, I'm a big... I don't get it. I, I, I just... I thought the San Diego Chargers were... And I could be wrong. I thought that they were oh, pretty well supported there. Oh, yeah. No, they are. A they neat just, place to play.
1: The, they, the city refused to fund... A, a new stadium. They it's said, as simple as you're, that. You're very rich. You fund the stadium. And the owner, Spanos, gave him the big middle finger and said, okay, we're going to move. Wow. And that's exactly what happened. Now, rather than having a brand new stadium that could have been built by the owner with support of the NFL, they will have a brand new stadium that they have to share in L.A. in a year or two.
3: So they're going to share it with the Rams? Yep. Kind of like the New York Jets and Giants. Yep. Wow.
1: And by the way the Jets Giants that was, you know, that's that's built. I mean, you look down in Dallas, that's built by the owner. Some of the best, you know, the, some of the best areas are they're, they're built by the owners. And you know, you want to keep them there, you want to threaten to leave. Uh, I wouldn't want to build. You have a ton of money. You the league has is a billion dollar association. Figure it out. Uh, it's it's tough when we are charging me $150 for a ticket by itself plus parking plus food plus drinks. And then telling me, oh, by the way, let's donate to a new stadium. That, that's, that's tough to swallow. So I get that. I get that. But I'm a big proponent, Coach, of uh, really looking at the history, the past, and making sure you don't make the same mistakes from the past, learning from the past. And uh, that's why a lot of the conversation from some stupid national folks about Boston being racist bothers me. Uh, because a lot of people are talking about, uh, well, in the 50s, in the 60s, in the 70s, um, and even some of the 80s, this is what happened. Well, uh, fortunately, here in the Northeast, we like to learn from our mistakes, and we are learning from them. Whereas places in the South, take Mississippi, used to hang the Confederate flag up until about six years ago on their state capitol. So uh, we like to learn from our mistakes up here. I don't think the NFL owners have learned from their mistakes. Los Angeles can clearly not support a single NFL team. There's there's a reason two left as recent as 15 years ago, and now two teams decide one to go back there, and the other to you know what let's pick up from almost 60 years in one city two hours south, and we'll go to a much larger city where you know and hope that there are some fans in that area for our team. I don't think they learned from their mistakes, and. When you don't learn from your mistakes, you're bound to repeat them. And that's what's happening. And this is going to, 10, 15 years from now, cause other teams to move. Whether it's them moving back out of Los Angeles or trying to make that push more internationalization. Well, we can't support all these teams in the United States, so we're going to open up the bidding to London and Mexico City and maybe even Canada to see if we can expand. That's my unfortunate prediction because I think Los Angeles is going to bust once again and who knows, maybe league office truly wants it to deep down. If they want to expand internationally.
3: Now, tell me about Oakland because do you think
1: <laughs> they just I heard they just put in papers to relocate.
3: And I just and so if you're a fan in Oakland, you just weathered the storm for 15 years of non-playoffs. Now, They get into the playoffs, they got a young, budding star in Derek Carr. Had he been healthy, might have beaten the Texans. Oakland might be playing this weekend. I know they're not, but bottom line, they turned it around this year, and now they're going to up and maybe go to Vegas. Do you see Vegas? I know you're down on Los Angeles as an NFL fan base, but tell me about Vegas. I mean, it sounds like, to me, on the surface, Vegas has a lot of potential. um to be a pretty good fan base, but I would be up in arms if I was an Oakland fan as well.
1: So an hour ago or two hours ago, a report comes out from NFL.com saying the Raiders will file relocation papers to move from Oakland to Las Vegas, according to sources familiar with their thinking. So they haven't filed for it yet. Uh, Just a a report came out of people who are familiar uh, with the sources. Now, do I think there's money in Las Vegas? I don't think there are fans in Las Vegas. I think Las Vegas is a place where no one actually lives. It's where people visit. Of course, there are some people that live there, but it's where people visit. And I think that means there's the potential for Oh, wow. The Patriots are playing the Raiders yeah, now? Was, yeah,
3: in Vegas. I think I might I think I might Ve-
1: take a trip out there and go right. To the club.
3: Right. I was thinking that along the same lines. You know, a nice a vacation destination to go see <laughs> your team play mm-hmm. but really not
1: right not so then the things. crowd
3: becomes really mm-hmm. neutral
1: or or, I mean, or, or for the or for the opposition yeah right that would be my concern for a playing for the Raiders but I, I could see a lot of money in it and that's let's face it that's what the owners want they don't really care about the other stuff it's what I've, Look, it's just, maybe it's cynical of me to say, but I don't see the league nor the owners really caring about winning, and when they win, it means more people can come to their stadium to buy stuff, or memorabilia, sure, that's why they care. But when it comes to actually winning, they don't care. It it's comes down to money. And by moving to Las Vegas, my opinion, it's, even if you're out there for a random weekend and it's not your team's, oh, I could buy a ticket? To go, you know, sit up top and go see, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers play. I'd never see him otherwise. He's in you know, the NFC. He never comes to New England. Yeah, what the hell? That's what's going to happen. And then you talk about a neutral fan base. There aren't you aren't going to have those Raider crazies that you do in Oakland. I know it. We're going to have to hit a quick timeout. I know we've been kind of uh, uh, on broad-based topics. We will, I promise, uh, focused in on uh, this weekend, uh, today, and tomorrow, and moving forward in the NFL. Again, uh, we want to focus in on as many topics as possible, but l- we will drill down to the Patriots game and the other games this weekend as well. Uh, there was just some big news in the NFL that needed to be discussed, and uh, we wanted to touch upon it first. Of course, a big second hour, lots of guests coming in that second hour so make sure you keep it locked. But here, uh, coming up, is uh, more NFL talk with myself, Sean Sendall, and the coach, Mike Bellevue.
2: 1250 ESPN New Hampshire, Manchester's home for high school sports.
0: How would you like your office to be located in the heart of downtown Manchester? The former Ted Hebert's building at 922 Elm Street is ready to house your business. With over 28,000 square feet available, the time is right for your business to maximize this rare opportunity. Again, there is now office space available at 922 Elm Street, the old Ted Hebert's building, but it won't last long. Contact Tom Finney at 603-647-6800 or visit loopnet.com. Imagine this, your 14 year old daughter and her best friends are maybe getting ready to go out. They're maybe upstairs in her bedroom with music playing. They're laughing, maybe trying on clothes, putting on too much makeup, and maybe taking sips of vodka straight out of the bottle, which they might tuck into someone's purse to take to a party. Imagine your kid doing that. It may be hard to imagine, but it is happening. New Hampshire has a big alcohol abuse problem. In fact, New Hampshire ranks second in the nation for binge drinking among 12 to 20 year olds. Second, you can check the stats at checkthestatsnh.org. As parents, we want to protect our kids, but we have to start now before it's too late. Learn how you can make a difference in your child's life at checkthestatsnh.org. And help the Partnership for a Drug-Free New Hampshire start the conversation today.
3: Captain Eric Lawrence was training
1: Afghan soldiers when his truck was hit by an IED. I was on a way from Kandahar to Kalat. I uh, hit an IED that just took the truck and threw it up in the air and slammed it on the
0: ground. I knew at first that I, I got hurt pretty bad because I couldn't move my legs. I sat home alone for months. I didn't want that anymore. I wanted to go back to work. I was hesitant at first, you know, because I didn't work for a good year. I want to be a productive person. I
1: don't want to be a drain on society. I want to be a positive thing in society. PVA helped me write my resume, got me a job interview. I got the job. Helping veterans like Eric
3: is what we've done for over 65 years. Paralyzed Veterans of America. Paving access for veterans' employment through Operation PAVE. For more information, visit PVA.org. A public service message from Paralyzed Veterans of America.
2: 1250 ESPN, New Hampshire. Manchester's home for Friday Night Lights.
1: day Game Day, ESPN New Hampshire. I'm Sean Sendall, alongside the coach, Mike Bellevue. This is our swan song, coach. You and I will remain texting and talking, and, and uh, we
0: will likely work games together, together yeah. down
1: the line in some capacity. However, for the immediate foreseeable future, no exact plans. So this is our, for all intents and purposes, swan song. And uh, you and I were discussing over the break, and like I said, the second hour... Before I get to what we were discussing, the second hour, lots of guests, lots of familiar guests, and uh, they'll surprise you, and I think it'll be exciting, and in fact, I only know of a couple. The Turk was lining up a lot of guys for me, and he was getting a lot of sound of clips of people that I've worked with, that you've worked with, that he's worked with, and of course, I worked very closely with Chris The Turk, he and I uh, hosted a show a daily show for about a year here on the station before I decided to go back to grad school, and he decided to build a house. You know, hmm. simple things. And uh, he'll be coming in. I try. I'm trying to get other people to call. Uh, I did text Chris Shuker. Uh, I texted Ravi, um, and uh, there are a number of other people that I texted. So I'm not going to tell you who's actually going to call. But again, I don't know all of them either. So it'll be. I'm looking forward to the second hour. And looking forward to see what Turk has lined up because he likes to make fun of me. <laughs> I've always said I'm a grounded person, I'm logical, and I'm even-keeled. I never sway too far to one side or the other, I look at everything. I've always made fun of him for being a flag waver. Yay, rah-rah, hometown. So he, in that sense, when he's rah rahing, has called me a Debbie Downer. And on the other side, when Ravi's about to jump off a cliff after week two in the NFL, I've told him, well, let's let's tone it back here. Let's be more, more realistic. So uh, I've always been more even-keeled, but it'll be fun to see what he has for us.
3: Now, when is Duterte coming in? Second hour? Second hour.
1: Second hour. I'm looking forward to it. And the, over the break, we were discussing you know, the, the idea of, as a player, as a coach, not as an owner... Or you know, as an if if you're an owner who cares, but again, owners care about one thing, and that's the bottom line. That's why Roger Goodell. That's why they love Roger Goodell, no matter what he does, and no matter how illicit you may think it is, or nefarious you think that the items and things that he does are. He still makes money. He makes the league money. He makes the owners money, and they aren't content with making. I have no idea how much each of them makes uh, over the season for owning it, but let's say each of them make makes roughly two hundred million dollars from owning a team. I I have no idea. Let's say it sounds like a lot, but who knows? When they're talking about billionaires, they aren't content with continuously making two hundred million dollars, and you know it going up incrementally with um, with uh, the just the cost of living every you know how inflation with how everything goes up. They want to continually make more,
3: turning a profit year after
1: year. Turning additional profit year after year. Yeah. It's one thing to turn the same profit year after year, and it's being a lot. If it's not continually raising, that's when they ha- and going up. That's when they have the problem. But as players, you do have other goals. You want to make the money. You want to, <laughs> you want to, come in and play well, and you want to play in front of fans. Generally, you and I uh, both played high school athletics. You played collegiate athletics. I can tell you flat out that when I played in front of a small crowd at home, it was, one, embarrassing, and two, it sucked. It just wasn't – when people got into it, I remember one time. So my uh, my uh, uh, um, sophomore season when I was on JV at Alvern for basketball, that's when Alvern went to the championship. So they were clearly very good. Mike Belcheck went and played Division One basketball. He was there, the star. I was – there there were only uh, juniors and seniors on the team, so no sophomores made that team. So I was on JV, one of the starters. I can tell you that when we played an overtime game and the varsity crowd trickled in because they would get huge crowds, it's still their school, and they would cheer, and they would get into it. Those are some of the best times, some of the most exciting times. Admittedly, by the time I was a senior, we sucked, so I didn't get big crowds when I was a senior there, but... The fact, remains that those are the most exciting times. So as a player, when you're being told, oh, we're going to pick up and we're going to move to Los Angeles, a city that could not field as recently as 15 years ago two NFL teams, a city that really doesn't have any locals. It's all people from around the country and world that come who may come with their own allegiances already, like Florida. That's why the Tampa Bay Rays never get anyone. It's all old people who came from Boston and New York who like the Yankees right. and the Red Sox.
3: I mean, the Pats could go play San Diego in Los Angeles next year. and and, and You're not going to play
1: San Diego in Los Angeles, okay. Coach.
3: The Pats could go play the Chargers. So I've got to get used to the L.A. Chargers. That's crazy. And you could probably hear the cheers for
1: Brady MVP or something. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm.
3: I hear what you're saying.
1: And then that brings me to the same idea for the Raiders. They're going to pick up, and they're going to move to Las Vegas, which I think I think has a lot of potential for a lot of money. I'm just not sure there are actual Las Vegas locals. In fact, even the people, in my opinion, who work there aren't from there. They go there to, one, because they like heat, oppressive heat in the summer, but they like heat, and they want to work in the entertainment business, much like Los Angeles a little bit more lo- low key in a sense of the type of entertainment. You're not going to make it to the, you know, silver screen in Las Vegas, but you can still make a decent wage. They all come with their allegiances already. I'm not sure. In fact, I will venture to say there won't be true fans there. There definitely won't be you know, the crazy Oakland fans, the Raiders fans, but they're going to move there and that goofy owner, what's his name? Um, the the guy for the Raiders owner, the oh uh, the son of of what's his face? Al Davis. Da- Al Davis. What's the goofy son's name? What the hell's his first name? Whatever. The the goofy with the straight bangs. He looks like Lloyd Christmas oh, yeah. from Mark. Mark Davis. Mark. Thank Davis. you, Chris the Turk. Wow. He's Mark good. Davis. He's got the Lloyd Christmas bangs yeah, from no, Dumb and Dumber. He's a goofy looking dude. Goofy bastard. But. <laughs> He's doing it because it's, it could be very lucrative, and I, and I, I truly believe that. But you're going to be playing in front of nobody. 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 And that, as a player, would be bothersome. Uh, I agree.
3: I mean, I think it, go around the NFL and I think of you know, the places that just support their teams, like Kansas City, Green Bay, <coughs> New England. Even Seattle? Oh, North Seattle Maryland. for sure. You know, and it's uh, it's not always about going to the big city. And as you're saying, some of these big places like Los Angeles and Las Vegas, they have transplants there. You know, and and, and I would venture to say Green Bay, <laughs> if you're free from Green Bay, you've been there a long time. There's no
1: transplants in Green Bay. Exactly. No
3: one's moving no, to Green no Bay, Bay to for the entertainment industry <laughs> or or for the cheese factories or whatever. Maybe
1: maybe they move there for the ice fishing. Okay. Maybe that's why they maybe. move there. You could move, I'm sure you enjoy ice fishing. <laughs> Head out to Green Bay, coach.
3: I like I love fishing as you know, but I'm a little nervous on the ice, so I I can't say that I'm totally 11 ice inches fisherman. thick. All right, I will go to Green they Bay drive- if it's 11 inches thick. But around <laughs> here in New England when someone says they call me up and they, you know, my buddies call me up. Let's go ice fishing. The ice is four inches thick. It makes me nervous. Sorry.
1: They drive trucks on the okay. ice. Okay. Like they you can see <laughs> truck. They will drive them out there. If the auger goes down,
3: nice and deep, I'll go ice fishing. <laughs> when the auger just goes poop and you're seeing water right away, I'm running for the banks. <laughs> I don't care how many bass are in there. You mentioned Kansas City. I think
1: it's a great, great place to play a football game. I, I agree with you. Now. My question is, because I think that has the potential to be the best game this weekend. There are two, does. two games, in my opinion, and, in my, and for me, for my money, that's the one I would go with as the best, the likely best game this weekend. The other one, I would actually go with Green Bay and Dallas. I think that has the potential to be a great game as well. And both of them, ironically, are the Sunday games. Pittsburgh, Kansas City. Can Pittsburgh win in Kansas City, despite you saying that it's one of the best places to play for a home team? I know you and I both had Pittsburgh moving on initially back in August. You don't have to stick with your picks. Who would you go with, or who are you going with in that Sunday game?
3: That's a tough one. Um, Livion Bell is playing so well that if they can run the football against Kansas City, that'll keep the crowd out of it. Just the nature of a good running game can kind of lull the crowd into more of a silence. Um, if the running game gets stuffed, if Pittsburgh's running game gets stuffed, and Roethlisberger's got to, you know, change plays at the line of scrimmage with that crazy, crazy one of the loudest stadiums, you got to agree. Oh, and that—that that could
1: be the difference. You saw it with the Patriots last year in Denver.
3: Right, that could be the difference. It could be a huge difference. I know people. You know, they want to think personnel and player to player and O-line to D-line. You know what? The crowd, I really, listen, I didn't, I'm jumping subjects, but I, as a Patriots fan, I wanted no part of going back to Denver this year because of the crowd and obviously Denver's defense. But really, and because of the altitude. So I didn't want the Patriots to go to Kansas City. Mm -hmm. because a slow start and get that crowd whipped into a frenzy. So I think for Pittsburgh, they can quiet the crowd with Le'Veon Bell in a good running game. If they have to go to a throw game and audible at the line of scrimmage, they're going to run into some problems. I do think big Ben is healthy enough to be effective in the game. Um, and I love Antonio Brown. I mean, he's just an unbelievable playmaker. I mean, how can you not exactly? Um, Okay, I'm going to say this from a selfish standpoint. I kind of want to see the Pats play Pittsburgh because I I think Pittsburgh is a fun team, and, and although I want the Pats to win no matter who they play, I think it would be a really cool AFC Championship game. I'm going to go with Pittsburgh um, in a 24-20 to 20 kind of game. I just don't think Kansas City is explosive enough offensively to stay with Pittsburgh's explosive offense. But again, I'm going to just... Caution, throw caution to the wind and say the crowd factor may end up tipping the scales a little bit in this game towards Kansas City, but my heart's saying go with Pittsburgh.
1: I think Pittsburgh is overall the better team. Agree with uh, you. More well-rounded. I don't think either. Neither defense, I'm surprised by it, but neither defense jumped out at me during the season. Uh, when you expect, you ex- always expect Pittsburgh's to, and a team with Justin Houston, I know he was, you know, coming back from injury, but uh, a, a team with Justin Houston that in the past few years has been phenomenal on defense really didn't jump out at me either. So I, I expect kind of a, a higher scoring game, maybe a little bit higher than what you expected. I would, I would say mid thirties and probably a four point game, roughly. I mean, give or take. Uh, you're looking at, you know, maybe a thirty six thirty one type game, something along those. Wow, lines. that's pretty high. And it, it, now I could be wrong. It, it, Part of it is when you're uh, blocking for the pass, it's easier to, to do a, a silent snap, and you know get out there because if you're suddenly auto- having to audible from the run to a different one and they can't hear you, and you're not gonna you're not gonna time of possession is not going to be there. You're not going to run the ball as much. So if you're passing, you're going to get more chunks, and I think they will get those chunks of yards. Or it's going to be the opposite, and they're going to miss all the passes. And it's going to be really low scoring. I don't think that'll happen. So I think it'll be high scoring, but I also think Pittsburgh will win that that football game. I'm going to take a quick timeout. Coach, we get back. We'll do quick for the other two games, and then we'll dive into uh, New England and Houston here uh, with myself, Sean Sendall, and the coach, Mike Bellevue.
2: 1250 ESPN New Hampshire. Manchester's home for Friday Night Lights.
0: Hi, my name is Jen Kaludi. My husband, Sal, and I are the owners of Embroid Me in Nashua and Embroid Me of Bedford in New Hampshire. We help companies and organizations promote themselves through embroidered apparel, screen-printed shirts, promotional products, personalized gifts, and much more. I invite you to come visit our showrooms conveniently located at 345 Amherst Street in Nashua and our Bedford showroom at 410 South River Road. You can also visit our websites at EmbroidMe-Nashua.com or EmbroidMe-Bedford.com. My team and I look forward to helping you promote your business. Embroid Me, your promotional marketing partner. Outdoor Almanac. Brought to you by New Hampshire Fish and Game's Wildlife Journal. When many people
2: think of wildlife in New Hampshire, most don't get past deer, bear, moose, turkey, coyote, fox, and fisher. Oh yeah, maybe a skunk. But on the 25th anniversary of the non-game and endangered wildlife program, they probably should. There are so many other critters that are residents of the state that are part of the outdoor landscape that we see and often take for granted. They deserve another look. As John Cantor, coordinator of Fish and Game's non-game and endangered wildlife program said so eloquently, quote, When nature is thrown off course, we have a responsibility to help it get back on track. Knowing how much the people of New Hampshire care about their wildlife and wild places, I can't help but think that the future looks bright, We should all hope that John's optimism will be realized because history is full of examples of after years of turning a blind eye to wildlife issues, when it was too late, societies would say, oops, that's not a word we need to use.
0: Outdoor Almanac is brought to you by New Hampshire Fish and Games Wildlife Journal, the magazine for people with outside interests.
1: Sergeant R.J. Anderson's dream was to take to the skies. I've always wanted to be a soldier, but my ultimate goal was to be a pilot. I think I was meant to, to fly. I had just applied to be a part of the 160th SOAR regiment, and I was going to airborne school that next Monday. So I decided to go on a motorcycle ride with my buddies. We were going through a turn, and that's all I remember. That's the day everything changed. I was told by the doctor that I would never walk again. Thanks to Paralyzed Veterans of America, competing in adaptive sports lit my fire again. They help you transition for the rest of your life to that individual that you wanna be. Sports like hand cycling really pushes you to, to find who you are in that redefining moment after injury. With PVA sports, I've, I've found my freedom. Now when I think about my future, the possibilities are endless. For more information, visit
2: pva.org, a public service of paralyzed veterans of America. 1250 ESPN New Hampshire, Manchester's home for high school sports. (laughs)
1: Final segment of the first hour here, Grand State Game Day. Coach Mike Bellevue and myself, Sean Sendall, waking you up here on ESPN New Hampshire for, well, the last time, at least for the foreseeable future. Chris Duterk is in the house. He's off in the production studio finalizing, I'm sure, something to make fun of me uh, in some capacity. In fact, Coach, uh, I'm going to come over there when Duterk gets in so he can stay over here and, and do his thing. And in uh, typical Turk style, I'm sure he will uh, have fun with me uh, on on the day. We, however, need to make sure before our guests and second hour comes up of extravaganza, which, by the way, is all on him. So he, you heard him; he's not telling me anything. He's going. To, he, I'm he sure he something lined up. Uh, so something extravagant. In case you're wondering, by the way, Coach, great college basketball games today, uh, highlighted by Duke Louisville at noon. Uh, also, if you have a chance to see Florida State play, very good. Uh, they are playing uh, as well, and that should be a, a really fun game. I think it's Florida State and UNC later today. Uh, so those are always uh, great games. And there's one other one that I'm, I'm forgetting. Oh, Xavier and Butler, uh, the 12th and 15th and 12th ranked respectively and Florida State 9th ranked over and UNC 11th ranked Uh, if you have a chance to see any of those I recommend it West Virginia and Texas I also recommend Texas not as good as they should be in my opinion but I recommend that Baylor Kansas State also later today 1 and 25th ranked Baylor currently ranked first that'll change Uh, they lost the first game they played after they got that number one ranking Baylor's always very athletic, very talented, and they always choke in the in the postseason. So watch for that in the NCAA tournament. Coach, there's my advice for you. Uh, overall, I'll watch.
3: I'll watch the Duke game today and root against Duke because I'm disgusted <coughs> with Shashevsky for his poor handling of Grayson Allen. I know that's another hole we could spend an hour on that. I could spend
1: hours on that, um, hours. But we want to make sure we get to uh, the rest of the football games uh, this weekend. Uh, you and I both agree. That the Pittsburgh Steelers will come out on top in Kansas City, despite it being a difficult game in Kansas City. The other game on Sunday, which I also believe has the potential to be the maybe next best game on the weekend, is Green Bay and Dallas. Dallas defeated Green Bay pre handily earlier in the season. I believe it was week six or something. Since that time, Green Bay, uh, really, they've, they've won eight in a row, including the l- playoff game last weekend. have looked phenomenal. I have Green Bay sneaking by a squeaker uh, by one, two, three points.
3: Yeah, I, I agree with you, um, which is a little scary again, but we're on <laughs> the same page. Um, I think <clears throat> I think Dallas is going to try to establish the ground game with Zeke Elliott, <clears throat> Ezekiel Elliott, um, and I think in trying to do that, they're going to st- – in my opinion, they're going to try to do it for a little too long in the game while they're going up against a Green Bay team where Aaron Rodgers has now thrown 40 touchdown passes. That, snuck, that number snuck up on me big mm-hmm. time. Couldn't believe it when I heard that this morning. 40 touchdown passes. He's really on fire lately um, with the emergence of some of his wideouts like Cobb coming back. I mean, honestly, I think Green Bay wins that game somewhere in the neighborhood of
1: 27 to 20. Jordan Nelson may be a little hampered. I know with the shot to the ribs last week. Wow, we what a shot see. that
3: was! That, I didn't think it was dirty, but it was certainly the right. No, I didn't spot. think it was
1: dirty. He put his he put his his helmet and shoulder into his ribs. You know yeah. they're they are very fast moving people. Sometimes yeah. when you go for the shoulder, you may get to the crown of your head. I, know, I agree. That's that's what's going to happen. The first game today, <clears throat> Seattle is visiting Atlanta. Atlanta seemingly always chokes in the playoffs. However, Seattle is not the Seattle. Of lore, the Seattle of the past few years. Uh, th- the Atlanta offense has been clicking incredibly. The defense is better than it has been in years past. I have Atlanta winning this game uh, by at least a touchdown, at least seven points, if not 10, uh, just because I don't think Seattle's the same Seattle over the past few years.
3: So I'm going to go off the first 10 words you said, <laughs> Atlanta having a tendency to choke in the playoffs, and I think they're going to choke again today. I think Seattle's defense um, with Michael Bennett and um, Wagner in the middle and obviously Cam Chancellor and Richard Sherman, I think they're still outstanding, and I think Russell Wilson makes enough plays and they win a low scoring. It's surprising because Atlanta can put points on the board. I'm going to go with... Uh, 20 to 17
1: seattle i think it'll be a higher scoring game i think atlanta is going to get into the two uh the mid to high 30s and keep seattle to uh the kind of high 20s uh, that type of thing or or 20s and then finally uh, we have about five minutes here to discuss the new england patriots hosting the houston texans now coach let me ask you this uh, people have been railing, in the nat- I shouldn't say national media, the local media, the regional media have been railing against the Patriots defense saying, yes, they played well after that crazy trade of Jamie Collins, they, they started to play better, but who did they really play? What quarterbacks do you, did they really play? Do you buy into that?
3: No, I don't. I think the Patriots defense has, from the beginning of the year to the end, improved. I like to see that level of improvement, that steady improvement factor, and uh, I think the most important stat we can really discuss is how many points they allow game to Mm -hmm. game, and they're really, are they number one in the NFL for the least amount of points scored against points per game against. I mean, that's what they care about, so maybe between the (laughs) 20s, I'm not even seeing lately I would say early season, mid-season, teams were moving the ball pretty effectively, getting into the red zone but only walking away with field goals. Now I think the Patriots are doing a much better job forcing teams to go three and out, three and out, punt the ball to the Patriots' offense. I, I think their defense is playing really, really well. I think um, there's some unsung heroes on that defense. One of them is Allen Branch, a guy that was accused early in the year mm-hmm. of, you know, Drugs? Drugs, I guess, and <laughs> and it was a false test or whatever it was, but I think he's just been immense. Obviously, Dante Hightower, I'm going to go from like the, the front to the middle to the back, so those the three players that just jump out at me, obviously there's no surprise with Hightower and no surprise with Malcolm Butler. I think he's one of the top cornerbacks in the league right now, but but really the run-stuffing of Alan Branch and Malcolm Brown and uh, – you know their solid defensive end play. I really love the Patriots front at this point, and it it seems like doesn't it seem to you that they can plug when they lost Jamie Collins? They just they can plug in anybody in that spot, and they're still getting it done. A Van Noy, run. Landon Roberts, exactly. Van Noy. I mean, just it's unbelievable. So, so you, I
1: love the way that defense is playing right you now. You didn't take the bait on my question, so good for you. Uh, however, most people in the area would. Most people are trying to find a way. And look, this is when I say I am even keeled. I am. I, am mm-hmm. I see. I call it like I like. I see it. The Patriots' defense, you, it's fine. You can say what quarterbacks that they really played over the past seven games. Fine, that's that's fair. They played this schedule in front of them, but fine, that's fair. After Seattle, they really didn't see anyone phenomenal, and they lost, of course, that Seattle game. With that said, the same the same people are off. Ra- railing about how great the Houston defense is, how good they looked last weekend. Who the hell did they play on uh for that quarterback on the opposition? He was the immortal Connor Cook. Connor Cook <laughs> who never played a game in the NFL before. It was his first game. They had no running game to speak of. Yeah, of course they looked great. They are a talented defense, but they played nobody. On offense, so I'm sorry, I don't agree there. And let me re- read you some numbers to prove who really is the better defense. Total number of sacks: New England 34, Houston 31. Interceptions: 13, New England 11, Houston. Forced fumbles: 19, New England 8, Houston. Yards per game in favor of Houston and total points per game allowed: 15.6 for New England, 20.5 for Houston. This is a 31 to 13 win for your New England Patriots.
3: This is 34 to 10, so we're on the same page with that one.
1: Oh, despite you coming in and saying, oh, <laughs> people are saying they'll win easily. Just, you I do want, think they'll win easily. I want people to still watch. <laughs> people will watch. The fans will watch. That's part of being in the area they will watch. Well, second hour is coming up. Krista Turk is in house. He is going to do who knows what so make sure you keep it locked you have tons of special guests that will be calling in as well uh keep it locked for the second and final hour of grand state game day with the coach mike belladio and myself sean Sendall.